What's up? What's up, you guys? We are back with another episode. I say we like we're a team. Um, I mean, I have a team and you guys are a team and maybe we are a team together. But um, when it comes to this, this is just a solo show. <laughs> so by we, I mean me. Um, I'm coming back at you today with an episode. And again, we are covering, you know, the art of effective teamwork and building effective teams. Um, today, I really wanted to talk to you about how to edify your team members, how to grow a positive community. And again, that in and of itself is, a, an, you know, something that could be multiple episodes. But I really want to talk about the thing that I feel is a really great starting point. And if you only did one thing, this is what you should do. And, and we're going to talk about how to make people feel significant, how to recognize potential and how to place them in the right areas so they become an effective part of the team voluntarily. Because the last thing that you want to do is have to create a team and, and create potential in people and then create positions for them that they don't want to be in. You know, a lot of times, you know, we work for a volunteer army. I, I don't care what profession you are in. Someone willingly applied or willingly reached out to you and willingly or maybe regrettably took your offer and began working with you or for you. Right. That is volunteer. Now, whether we are paid, whether we are not, whether uh, we are independent contractors, it doesn't matter. We are volunteering and offering up our time and our energy and our effort for something else or someone else or a company or a paycheck or whatever the case might be. And so we need to make sure that if we want the best, we get the best out of the people we work with. How do you do that? Right. You make them feel significant. Do you make people feel significant? And if you can't resound, if you can't like resoundingly say absolutely, then we need to chat. And even if you can resoundingly say absolutely, maybe we need to reevaluate. How do you make people feel significant? I, I want you to ask yourself that. I want you to ask yourself, how do I make people feel significant on my team? The people who work with me, the people in my life, my friends, my spouse, right? How do you make people feel significant? Because no great thing is ever done alone. The belief that one person can do something great is a total and utter myth. And so who you surround yourself with and who's on your team is of the utmost importance because it really does define your success. You know, a team, uh, teams maximize a leader's potential and minimize their weaknesses, right? When you surround yourself with all of these strengths and all of these other people and their, and their characteristics and their abilities, it minimizes your weaknesses. And so strengths and weaknesses are more exposed in individuals than they are as a team, right? You're stronger as a team than you are as just an individual person. Lyndon Johnson said, there are no problems we cannot solve together and very few we can solve by ourselves. And so if you often feel like you are a one man show, a one woman show, then I urge you to keep listening because you will probably find at the end of this episode that you struggle with creating people that feel significant on your team. And I kind of look at it like maybe they feel like cogs in a machine, but it's your job as the leader to put those cogs together where they fit and they work most efficiently and they get the most reward for their effort. 
They're in the right place. So how do you identify that? So I think number one is you have to be with your people. You can't, you have to be standing amidst them, right? You have to be among them. You cannot be above them because you cannot truly see who a person is and what their abilities are by standing above them. You have to really truly work with them to see what they are good at. You know, are you doing performance reviews? Are you doing one-to-one coaching sessions? Are you getting to know them? Do you know their names? Do you know their children's names, their spouses' names? Do you know them? Because if you don't know them, you don't know their goals and you don't know what they're good at and what they're not good at. You don't know what they're passionate about and what they can't stand and you don't know how to use them. If you don't know how to use them, you don't know where to place them. If you don't know where to place them, the machine falls apart. I could not put a watch together or a clock together because I wouldn't know where the hell to put what gear or what cog and what would make what work and spin and and what dials would turn in order to, you know, keep time. As a leader... It is your job to understand and identify what significance they bring in their abilities and in their character. It's your job to identify those and then ensure that they are in the proper position so they can gain the greatest potential to win. Are you doing that? And I'm going to give you an answer because here's the thing is most leaders aren't. Most leaders first don't see the person, they see the position. And so before they fulfill the person, they say, oh, I need to fill, I need to fulfill this position. And then they fill the position and then they try to create the person that best fits that, even though they're already in it and they have a set you know, level of ability or skills or passions that already come with them, but they say, hey, you know, that's not good enough. That's not what the position calls for. We need you to really do this as opposed to the other way around where they first know the person and develop the person, understand their potential and their passions, and then put them in the position. Lots of P's here. Okay. People, passion, position, There's another one, potential. There we go. I was like, oh, girl, I'm missing the fourth one here. Okay, and I messed up the order because I couldn't remember. So first is you have to know the people. You have to know the person. You have to know what they're passionate about. Then you have to know what potential that passion has within your team and what placement you need to put them in. Those are the four. Person, passion, potential, placement. When you can do this and when you can do this in your sleep, your team will run in your sleep. Your team will create results while you sleep. It will give you true residual income with less stress, less burnout. Again, if you are tired, if you are exhausted, the biggest culprit is that you are a one woman or one man show because you either do not trust your team or you have improperly evaluated their potential or you have ineffectively put them in the wrong position. 
Sometimes it's all about plucking people out of the position they're in, realizing their passion and potential and replacing them somewhere, or it means plucking them out of the position and letting them go entirely because they don't serve the team or the team's mission or the team's vision. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to the previous episode where we talked about having to lose in order to win and redefining what winning looks like. How do you know or how do you get to know a person, right? We, we, we t- I addressed that a little bit where I said, you know, having one-to-one coaching sessions, uh, getting to know them, meeting with them in person, having luncheons with them, having retreats with them. Uh, I don't know what your line of work is, but get to know your people on a one-to-one level and let them get to know you. You need to know who they are. You need to understand their characteristics, their path, you know, and we'll get into this in a second, their passions. You need to understand their personality. And I'm going to talk a little bit in a future episode, but I'll, I'll, you know, in more detail, but I'll talk about it right now is, you know, using a personality test or evaluation or assessment in some way to understand their personality. You know, um, one of the best and easiest ones is just the color personality, You know, red is goal-oriented, blue is adventure-oriented, green is numbers and facts and logic-oriented, and yellow is connection and relationship-oriented. And you have to know what their personality is. If you don't know what their personality is, then you don't have a clue about their passion because most people's passion follows and suit their personality. So a person whose personality is blue and they love adventure and fun, their passion is not going to be Excel spreadsheets, okay? You feel me? A person who is relationship and connection oriented is not going to want to stand in front of the room and bark orders at everybody and give direction and fire people who need to be fired. That is not their passion. So you need to know the people and their personalities. You have to know what their traits are, what their drives are, what are the things that make them who they are, because only once you understand that will you truly understand what they can be passionate about so you can place them in the right position. Once you understand their personalities and you say, oh, this person is such a great personality, this is what they value. They value facts, they value numbers, they value data. You know what? I bet they would be really good in the IT department. I bet they would be really good at accounting. I bet they would be really good managing this part of the job and maybe analyzing, uh, you know, how this was effective and not effective and giving giving us a, a good report so we knew exactly how to shift and pivot and change if need be. Can you imagine how much more effective a person will be when their job aligns with their passion and what they're good at? It increases their potential tenfold. When a person's placement aligns with their passion and their personality, their potential skyrockets. So sometimes the answer isn't ditching the person, oh, they suck at this. Oh, they're really crappy. Yeah, they might be crappy at the position they're in or the placement they're in, but can you imagine if you utilized the things they were passionate about and their potential, the things that they were great at, how much better they would be if they were properly placed? So much of a team's makeup when it comes to success is how well-placed the individuals are. So we're going to use... 
we're going to use, you know, a word picture here when it comes to like a tribe. And I talk to my team about this all the time where, you know, if there was a shipwreck or a plane crash and, you know, we were all on a, on a desert island or right, all these dystopian, um, you know, movies where the world ends and it's only a small group of people that survive and have to restart the human race and all this stuff, right? So I want you to think of that. What is the first thing you would do if you were like nominated the leader? I nominate Sally. I nominate Joe. I nominate Courtney or Tracy or Alicia or Sue Ellen or whoever, right? I nominate you. How are you going to build the most effective tribe where shit gets done and people are happy to get it done? You can't just say, oh, Joe, you're really big and strong. You're going to be the carpenter. You're going to go lift all the heavy boulders and you're going to build all the houses. Um, Sally, you cry all the time. So you're going to go take care of the kids because clearly uh, you, you can't handle anything else. Um, blah, 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 right? No. Because, you know, also then you might, or, you know, let's say you're not um, a goal-oriented, you know, kind of alpha, alpha leader. You know, um you might just go, oh, well, um, <clears throat> what's everyone want to do? Well, here's the thing. Everyone's going to choose the easiest thing, <laughs> right? Or maybe they have this idealistic version of themselves that they are actually better at something than they are. And you got, you know, lopsided houses and gardens growing mushrooms that are poisonous. And, and, you know, people who can't tell the difference between water that's safe to drink and not to drink. And, you know, people who think they would love to go hunting, but end up, you know, in the infirmary all the time because they keep accidentally stabbing themselves. Um, mm. <laughs> so you can't necessarily leave it to people because number one is people have this more self-actualized version of themselves that they believe they are, but they're not. Or two, they underestimate their ability. Or three, they will always pick the easiest route, right? The route of least resistance. And so then you have people sitting on the sidelines and you have one or two people doing all the work, gardening, hunting, building the homes, uh, getting all the water. And then the rest of the people are just like, mm, is it done yet? I'm really tired, right? <laughs> or then you have people who are angry and resentful because they're not good at building houses. And so it's taking twice as long because yes, they're strong, but they don't know how to do that. They don't know the engineering part of building a house. So yeah, they can lift the logs and lift the boulders, but they don't know what the hell to do with them and to make them safe and structurally sound <laughs> because people aren't working together. So instead, you have to ask the people, hey, what are you really good at? Hey, what are you passionate about? You know, let me see what you can do. And so you will find that also, and again, when we're bringing this all together, we're talking about teamwork. Sometimes it's not all about one person in one position doing the job. Sometimes it's about placing the right people in positions where they work together most effectively. Every cog is valuable. Every gear is valuable because it does something. But only when you pair it with another cog and another gear where they fit perfectly can it really truly turn and make things happen. And so sometimes it's all about placing the right people together. Can you imagine placing, you know, the strong brute with the engineer who can't lift shit, 
but he knows where things go and he knows and understands structures and angles and, and all these things, right? But, but he can't lift anything and he can't build anything, but he's paired with the person who can, how much more powerful that they would be together because they were placed properly and they were aligned with their passions and they were aligned with the things that they were good at and they were able to fully reach their potential. And especially when they worked together, they were unstoppable. So this is your job as a team, as a leader within that team to properly place people by making them utilize their passions in order to reach their full potential so that the team as a whole can reach their potential. So your job is to develop them as a team by developing them as individuals. And this isn't you making people do things they're not good at in order to make them better or make them fit the position. You find a way to make the work work for their passion and the things that they are naturally gifted in. So interviewing people, getting to know who they are, what are their passions, what are they good at? Um, and then it's up to you to place them properly and then you have to develop them in order to help them reach their full potential. That is what good, excuse me, I just hiccuped again. Good leaders do in order to create effective teams. Because that's really what it all, it's really what it all boils down to. And, and then, you know, you want to look at sports teams. Not everybody can be a quarterback. Not everybody can be a linebacker. Not everyone can be a running back. Not everyone can be, you know, uh, the person who snaps the ball. Not everyone can be the coach. They each have their own giftedness. And when they work together, is it truly a beautiful thing? And it's not even just the skill. It's the personality. It's the characteristics. Um, I will always use the Patriots because, well, now it's basically the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> because all the effective team members went over there. But again, I think that's so, it's so telling is, you know, why were the Patriots such an unstoppable dynasty for so long? It's because they were, they were so careful and calculated about who they chose to be on the team, not only with their skill, but their character and then how they worked together. And they were so perfectly placed on the team that they were just a force to be reckoned with. And it's even more telling that, all those, most of those effective players that worked so seamlessly together all transitioned to the same team together. And that same group of people brought that team to a winning position. And so it is your job to place people where they excel the most if you want your team to win. And in order to place them properly, you have to know their personality, you have to know their passions, and you have to create positions or place them in positions that make those two align seamlessly and then develop them as individuals in that position, as well as the team as a whole. So if you're doing it with each individual, you are able to then do it with them as a team. So you're saying, okay, I'm working on, you know, your skill here. I'm working on your skill there. And you're, you know, why do, even though they have one coach, why do they have a defensive coach and an offensive coach? And you know, right? Like 
they have different coaches for different things because they need to work on what they need to work on as individuals, but then they also need to work on doing those things together as a team. They need to work on doing that one little thing that you're really good at with everybody else doing that one little thing that they're good at. And that's what I'm going to encourage you to do today is to really go back and evaluate, Am first of all, am I in a position where I am aligned with my passion and my personality? And am I developing myself in that area? And better yet, am I placing people on the team accordingly to, you know, their passions and personality so they can reach their full potential? Because I'll tell you what, when you have other people reaching their full potential on the team and everyone is doing it right, it's kind of hard when everyone on the team is winning winning individually for the team not to win. Would you see that? Do you feel me? When everyone on the team is individually winning, the team as a whole is winning. And they can only win as individuals when everything is properly aligned with their position and their passion and their personality and you help them reach their greatest potential. Everybody's winning. It's kind of how it works. So if you're stuck, if you're beating your head against the wall, if people are leaving the team, if people are constantly complaining and mumbling and grumbling and blah, 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 you need to seriously evaluate this first before you start believing that people are the problem. Because my guess, but for the most part, sometimes people are the problem. <laughs> um, but... You can easily solve that by getting to know their personality and their passions and placing them in a different position and then developing their potential. Because somebody who feels truly aligned with their passion is always going to reach their potential because they are filled with greater passion to do so. They are driven by that passion and not by obligation. So if you guys found any value in that, If you found any value in this episode around teamwork and developing people and aligning them with their passion and placing them in the right position, go ahead and take a screenshot and put it in your stories, either on Instagram or Facebook and tag me at the Courtney Rogers dot co co and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Let me know if you feel aligned with your passion or if you feel like you had to go back to the drawing board with your team to help you align them better with their position and their passion and their personality. Until then, I will catch you in the next episode.